The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 55. This is the fourth in a series on a study of the Book of Romans called Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. If you're just joining the podcast, I would encourage you to go back to episode 52, which talks about a general overview of Romans and why I'm in fact calling this series Christianity 101. Jumping now into Romans 2, which is where we left off, we're going to do Romans 2 verses 17 through 29 today. Again, the overall context of this chapter is that Paul is making an argument in chapters 1 through 3 about what we are saved from, and basically he's talking about sin. First he addressed those who are coming out of a Greek tradition. Those who were sort of non-religious would be one way to think about it, at least from a Jewish Christian standpoint, and then he started talking to those who were more religious, or to the Jews, and then he's going on now in this section to talk about Jews and the law. And the law, again, when we talk about it here, is those written commandments which give us an idea of those things that please and don't please God, especially the Levitical law in the Old Testament. Now, if you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, If you know his will and approve of what is superior because you were instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This is particularly a warning, although it was written to the Jews of the time in the law, really it's written to people who are guilty of hypocrisy. So it's really written to those of us who are religious. It says, okay, you know all of these things, you have all of this knowledge, you have this wealth of information, this wealth of understanding of God because you have the law. The same thing could be written to us who are Christians today. You have all of this knowledge in the Bible. You have all of this instruction. You think yourself as someone who is a guide to the blind, a light for those in the dark, an instructor of the foolish. Okay. But do you live it? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? So what you say is one thing. How do you live? And obviously Paul is using this in this larger passage in the context of all have sinned, which is what he's leading up to. That even those of us who are religious, even those in his time who were Jewish and had all this knowledge, doesn't mean we live it. And it really doesn't matter what we know, it matters what we do. And then he goes on to say, Circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you were not circumcised. If those of you who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as those who were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you 
who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. Remember that circumcision is an outward sign of an inward covenant between God and his people. Starting with Abraham, it was a sign that as you join God's people, the Jewish people, you were circumcised, and this was something that was symbolic of the covenant. And so he's saying, circumcision has value if you observe the law. If you have that outward sign, but you break the covenant, if you break this promised relationship between you and God, the outward sign is unimportant. The outward sign is just a seal on this promise. And the promise is no value if it's not kept. The covenant is no good if it's not kept. If those of you who are not circumcised keep those law's requirements, will they not be regarded as those who are circumcised? Is it not more important, he's saying, that we do what we understand God wants more so than we know what God wants? Isn't it more important that we have the real covenant, the real relationship with God, rather than this outward sign? I'm going to go as far as to say, and I will cross a line here for some of you, that the outward sign of the inward promise, the inward covenant, at this time would be baptism. And so I believe you could make the same argument here if you replace the word circumcision with baptism. What does it matter if you have been, had this outward sign of an inward covenant between you and God, but then have not lived it out? And I, I say that with care because we're going to go, as we go further into Romans, we're going to talk a lot about faith and grace and the law. And again, this is one of these things that I wouldn't want to take out of context of this whole book. And then Paul goes on to say, A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. So we understand what outward circumcision is, to cut off the foreskin of the male genitalia, if you will. But what does Paul mean by inward circumcision? It's again removing of the flesh, and when we say the flesh, I think we mean those fleshly desires which are in opposition to the prodding of the Holy Spirit. The first and best study that I have had on the book of Romans is using a book called The Normal Christian Life by a Chinese evangelist whose name is Watchman Nee, who wrote earlier in the 1900s. And he's also written a book called Love Not the World, and I believe it's in that book that he says that in opposition to the Trinity, there is this sort of unholy Trinity in opposition to God the Father, Creator, there is the world and the way things work apart from God. In opposition to Jesus, there is Satan. In opposition to the Spirit, there is the flesh, which is our natural desires. And I believe that that is what Paul is talking about when he talks about this circumcision of the heart by the Spirit not by the written code. So again, not because we know what is right and wrong, but because we have allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and change our hearts. 
And we're on a roll, so let's continue into chapter 3 of Romans. Paul goes on to say, What advantage, then, is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much, in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. So Paul is saying that the Jews were given, as the people of God, a very special relationship with God. And although they may not, certainly not all of them, have lived that out, that isn't because that covenant wasn't valuable. And so they were given this special thing. They were entrusted with the very words of God so that through them all the world would be blessed, which was part of the promise back to Abraham. And he goes on then in verse 5, But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I'm using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved. Okay, this paragraph takes a little more thought here. That first thought, but if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? We know that some things are more obvious when they are in contrast. So we can tell that something is whiter when we put it next to something that is gray or something that is black. And we can see it more clearly, some things, if we can compare it with something else that is very much unlike that. And so he's sort of saying, if we are not righteous, if we are not perfect like God is perfect, then that makes it more easy to see God's righteousness. We can see God's righteousness more clearly. But he then takes this argument and saying, if that's the case, is God unjust in bringing his wrath on us? That is to say, is he unjust in judging us? If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I condemned as a sinner? Is what some people might argue. Well, we are condemned as a sinner because basically the standards, while increasing God's glory is great, the standards are, am I true or am I false? Am I righteous or am I a sinner? And so the question is the wrong question. Some people have accused Paul, apparently, of saying, let us do evil, the good may result. And that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is trying to establish we're all sinners, but he's going somewhere with this argument. And where he's not going is, and therefore let us wallow in it, and let's stay in that state of separation and brokenness in relationship between us and God. So, have hope. That's not where this story is going to end, but you've got to come back next week and probably in a couple following weeks to hear where he is going with this thought about us and our sinful nature.
With that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any comments, feel free to leave them on the website, thebiblestudypodcast.com, or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.